This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. Blue wire. Think about Lawrence. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 91 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson alongside my co-host Joshua Perry. How's it going on this fine evening? And yes, we are doing another podcast in the evening hours, people. This morning thing, it might have passed us by. It might have passed us by. I'll, I'll, I'll make two things here out of the evening is number one, the evening setup is not any better for our technical difficulties nope. than the morning setup. We're nope. still dinosaurs in the evening folks we don't get any better all right this is number true. number two is to my knowledge there are only really two cocktails that are appropriate in the morning that's a mimosa yes. and that's a bloody mary and, and neither one of them are really uh, appropriate on a monday or tuesday morning right. typically when we would record now you get to the evening hours and See? you could sip on a little bit of rum like i'm doing Ooh. right now straight with a giant ice cube melt slowly this is going to make for a good show, folks. This is great. Now, what kind of rum, may I ask? Um, Ron Zacapa. So is that like a fine? It's finer? it's pretty good. It's it's something okay. that you wouldn't make a cocktail with. Um, well, I mean, you could, but you, you really don't want to mix it um, like a rum and Coke, for example. You could just yeah. drink it straight on the rocks is how I'm doing it right now. You could make maybe one of those elevated cocktails, but this is how I like it. Okay, people, gear up for this one. Okay, that's all I got to say, because we've got so much to talk about. Joshua, as always, has an opinion. It might be elevated tonight, though. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into our first segment, and this was all the buzz on Monday, because the SEC decided, you know what, uh, we're forging ahead for the time being, and we're not only going to announce our schedule, we're going to have a whole production 
So on the SEC network, which I'm sure had a higher rating than it ever has, because probably people were just interested in what was going down, decided they're going to put together this whole production, kind of like a March Madness selections show kind of thing. They had two parts to it. And they revealed the entire um, 11, was it 11 game schedule? Um, 10, I, I think it was just, it's 10 games, right? It They're not doing 10. non-con. It is 10, but I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm jinxing myself now because um, they don't, they, the rivalry game, which we'll get into in a second, is not usually the end of the season. Or it's usually the end of the season. It's not this year. Huh. So yes, 10 game schedule. So it was interesting, Joshua, I must say. I tuned in for a bit of it. And look, on one side, I understand completely, you know, continuing to engage your fans and try to keep them hopeful for what um, they expect to be a season. But at the same time, I'm just wondering to myself, you're doing this huge production. And what happens if you are going to have to cancel the season like the Big Ten and Pac-12 has because things and numbers don't go the way you want it to in terms of this COVID-19 pandemic. What do you think? I mean, is this too much the way that they're going about this or am I just being a Susie bummer pants here? No, you're damn right it's too much. And here's the reality of the situation. I'm going to sound like one of those you know, oh, he's rooting against the football season type people, but I'm, I'm really not. I'm just, I'm trying to make the best inference I can with the information that's present. And to me, I see a really hard pathway to playing football games. I see a really hard pathway, damn near impossible pathway to actually playing a full season. And I have little faith and little trust in the people who are releasing these schedules and doing all the background planning and everything else. We saw with the Big Ten, they put out a schedule six days later. They pulled that right away from us. Now, I don't think it's going to be necessarily a six days later type of thing here, but building a big production could have been a huge smokescreen. You know, the the conference could have been telling the network, hey, you know, really play this thing up. We're super excited to play, knowing good and damn well that they probably won't play football uh, a full season at that this fall. So I'm I'm very curious to see. And, And the biggest thing about it is they've still got a pretty long runway because they're a month away plus from actually playing games. So I'm really curious to see how this next month unfolds. But if you're asking me for my honest opinion, I feel like this is absolutely giving false hope. I have no confidence that it will happen. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. I think people like to have something to hold on to when it comes to college football right now. Because really, we've got the NFL, but I think the NFL and college, it's two different fan bases, right, uh, for the most part. And the college scene, at least in the South, I mean, it's so heavy down here. And this is just all people have been talking about. Uh, I did want to mention too, Joshua, it is an 11 game. It, like it's, it goes over 11 weeks because there's an gotcha. open vote, obviously. So that's why I was messed up, just to clarify myself, guys, on that. Um, there's an open date within there. So it's 11-week season. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, when I, when I saw that yesterday, and okay, I'm fine with maybe releasing the schedule just because it's okay to just have some sort of a plan, right? If, if stuff does go according to plan and everything works out. But I just don't think the production of it was needed. I, I, 
I'm sure that money was involved and I'm sure that they yeah. wanted to get the most out of all of that, especially ESPN and, you know, them knowing that possibly the SEC network could be um, non-existent this fall, yep. <laughs> which would not do well for the bank account, I'm sure. <laughs> no. Because ESPN's dealt with those kind of issues before with, um, you know, just numbers dropping in terms of viewership. So, and this is something that does really well during the college football season, just because of the amount of games that are on there and um, the different regions that tune in to watch their teams play. So I just, I don't know what to say about this. I'm in the South. I want to cover football. I have yes. an actual like digital show. I even host, I want to host that show, but at the same time, I'm just, I don't want to blow things out of proportion, make everybody so excited to just have somebody say it's not going to happen now. Well, so, you bring up the the TV aspect of it too. And, yeah. and from both of us being in the industry, that that's a great point. Just from the standpoint of, like you said, there's, there was nothing on. So mm-hmm. of course they were able to, to capture the ratings there when everybody's going to tune in. And, and our belief really is that uh, the SEC will play. And when I say, all right, I'm, I'm talking about college football fans are, are believing that the SEC will take this as far as possible. And then, like you said, the other thing too, is you got to get the ratings while you can, especially with the chance that there wouldn't be football this fall, but you can even look to people who are contributors for the SEC network and ESPN, like Paul Feinbaum, for example, um, his tone, when he's talking about college football being played this fall, you know, he doesn't sound extremely confident about it. And, and I, oh, I was no. reading an article where they had a quote that he had on one of the ESPN shows and he said that he believed that the likelihood that the SEC and ACC would cancel right now is very low. Mm-hmm. Um, but the caveat to that was he said the likelihood before the season started was low, but he sure. still believes that it's going to be hard to play football this fall. And so when you have some of your most powerful, influential voices who cover sports down in the South, who are taking that tone of, hey, guys, now let's let's be realistic about this. It's It's a really interesting juxtaposition between the excitement of the schedule release, and then some of the sound bites that you get from people who actually cover football down there. Yeah, I it, it and Paul Feinbaum, he's going to tell you pretty much how it is, right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. never kind of shied away from that. So it's we're just going to have to wait and just take it week by week in terms of you know seeing what's going on. I wanted to read. I was watching when Greg Sankey came on after they, you know, announced all of the dates. He came on and was, of course, talking about just where they're at right now. And, you know, he simply said it's another step in in the journey. Uh, He thought probably, you know, at this time, usually you're just way past the point of where you are. You're getting ready to get the season going. He said he never would have thought this is where we were. I mean, I think they all had optimism that this was going to be a no-brainer, that they were going to be playing at this time. So he seems to still have those, like, doubts. And, I mean, he even said, we have to see improving health within our communities. Yes. And then he added, I had major concerns over the images in Tuscaloosa that I saw this weekend. Did you see those images? 100%. Absolutely. It's ridiculous is what it is. And the point about seeing improving health Folks who, who are struggling to interpret that, it means that where we are right now is not conducive for nope. what we want to have happen. So nope. we have to take where we are and we have to improve that. And then yeah. you see those images of people standing in line. I mean, the, the images that I saw coming out of Stillwater, Oklahoma, 
where the club was packed and the music was loud and people were sweating and breathing on each other. It was disgusting. It was just yeah. terrible. And then you see Notre Dame, they had a spike in cases. UNC, mm-hmm. they had their clusters to the point where they're they're telling kids that they can leave the uh, on-campus housing because yeah. classes are going to be all online. And when you see all of these things, people are going to say, oh man, you don't want football to happen. No, it's, it's that I would love to see football happen, but I see these things. And when I'm presented that amount of information and what it looks like, it's really hard for me to say that that's a possibility. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was so angry when I saw that. Just for the sheer fact that, okay, you want your football team to play this fall, you're in Tuscaloosa. Like, you're in a town where all they care about is the game of football, right? And you guys clearly don't care at all to have They really don't court. care. No, they don't. I mean, it, it, it doesn't even cross their minds, you know? And until it happens and they see there's nothing to do on a Saturday in Tuscaloosa, no football <laughs> to watch. So, um, and I've so been there. Let, okay? me say, let me ask you this question okay. then. So there's, it's fall Saturday in Tuscaloosa. Uh, there's no football on. What are uh, you doing? I'm, <laughs> I mean, good question. I mean, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if that, if half of them go home for the weekend. I would. Right. I mean, there's nothing to do. No. There's nothing to even party about or have no. a party about. Well, I'll, so. I'll jump in on this too, and then we can we can move on from this topic. But uh, my fiance Madison is finishing up at Ohio State. It's her last semester, and nice. uh, she started. And she said that it was basically like a fifty-fifty of which classes were going to be sure. on campus hybrid type situation, which ones were fully online. Yeah. And in the last two weeks, she's told me about two of her classes that have been moved to online only. Yeah. And I said this, I think last week, but Ohio State's taking 12 days to move on campus, which usually only takes them one or two days for move in for their students. And so again, we we have a lot of work to do. And we had a long time, a really long runway to figure this thing out. And we're, we're up against it. We have a long way to go. And until we start to see some of those things changing, it's, it's really, really weird to be planning on a, a full football season with yep. that amount of context. And look, at you have a little bit of flexibility with moving things back to that September 26th date. But like Greg Sankey said, there's not a lot. So you have to keep that in mind, people. From tight muscles, tough workout, signs of aging to simply making it through each busy day. Everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore. So everyone can benefit from ThoroughOne CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Worsland, Therabody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. A lot of CBD products actually claim organic, but still contain up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. ThoroughOne tests their products four times before they actually get to you. Every product, USDA certified organic grown in the U.S., and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. So now through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, ThoroughOne is actually offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all ThoroughOne products. But you have to go to therogun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from ThoroughOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. So right now, go to therogun.com slash bluewire. Okay, so let's get into some Big Ten drama. I know this is what you've been you've been gearing up for, so I'm going to tee it up here. I'm going to start with just the miscommunication that seems to be going on at the top, the very top, where we thought 
everybody was in cahoots in terms of voting on the season and saying, you know, we're not going to be able to have a season in the fall at least. And then we get some people coming out here and there from the different universities saying, well, there wasn't what maybe there wasn't really a vote. Maybe it was just a a conversation. Let's start there. Sure. What in the world is going on at the top of these Big Ten conferences and the different schools? It's it's a unique situation. And I'll start not to sound like I'm trying to defend any of these people making decisions because I feel like they fumbled this. They, they have messed it up from start to finish. It is a fiasco. It's a mess. It's a terrible situation that they're in. And there are a lot of questions that people have. But I will start off by saying that we've all been in situations where we have come to a democratic decision without taking a formal vote. So mm-hmm. me and you and four other people can have a conversation. And the content and the depth and the tone of the conversation can lead us to a specific place with us actually not having to raise our hands and say, Oh, this is what I want to do. For example, we could be, Hey, you know, we've got this restaurant, that restaurant, that restaurant, that restaurant. And people can just be talking, Oh, you know, I really like this dish off of such and such's menu. And this restaurant has really great ambiance and da, 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 da. And without actually having to raise your hands and ask everybody, okay, where do you want to go? You decide on which restaurant you like. Now, this is more important than deciding on where the hell you're going to eat dinner. But that was just my deal there. Um, reality of the situation is, I think that, I don't think, I know for a fact that there wasn't a formal vote. And now I think, this is the part that I don't know for a fact, that the university presidents are trying to be as tight-lipped as possible because they don't necessarily know how to um, influence the messaging that they should be putting out there. And now they're getting asked really, really tough questions that they're having a lot of trouble answering. And so their best practice thus far has been radio silence. You haven't heard anything from the commissioner. University presidents have been fairly quiet. You've heard from certain ADs throughout the conference, and you've heard from head coaches throughout the conference. And I think that's probably the most communication that we've heard. And, And what's really interesting about that communication is, Gene Smith, although he's, you know, walked back that we're going to look for something else to play, et cetera, et cetera. You know, he's been retweeting Ryan Day's fight tweets. He's been retweeting some of the coaches who were talking about looking for other things to do and, and promoting this petition X, Y, and Z. Nebraska, obviously very outspoken. And then you get to Minnesota where yeah. PJ Fleck has been very supportive of the Big Ten. Tanner Morgan, their quarterback, probably the second best quarterback in the Big Ten, has came out and said that, Um, He is very proud of what the Big Ten did in putting student-athletes' health and well-being first. He went as far as to say that. Um, And so you've got kind of a couple of different tones coming out of the conference, which creates even more confusion. This thing is a damn mess if I've ever seen one. Man, it's like a snowball that just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, You mentioned that we hadn't heard a lot from anybody, but don't you feel like there's going to be a point where somebody has to talk? I'll tell you, my opinion on that is the only way somebody is is going to talk is when uh, a lawyer subpoenas mm-hmm. them and they file an injunction or something like that. Because if you're the Big Ten Conference right now and you don't know how to get everybody on board with the messaging because it probably sure. wasn't a unanimous decision and there are probably people that are very upset, your best course of action is to tell everybody to shut the hell up. You tell the conference commissioner, you know, that Big Ten network interview that you did that's the last thing you're going to do until the other conferences make a decision on whether to play or to punt uh, on this season. 
And I think you kind of just ride this wave out. Now, student athletes are going to be pissed off. Head coaches are going to be pissed off. But in my mind, that lasts a little more than a month right now before everybody else really has to make their decision and call it quits. Uh, So you endure that and you look like a joke. And then your best hope is that the narrative in hindsight becomes more the Big Ten was on the forefront and not the Big Ten called it too soon. Mm -hmm. But I think hope is probably their best course of action right now, because I don't know what amount of of media and and damage control and PR can actually remedy this situation. Yeah, it just seems to be a complete, absolute mess. And and the thing is, is when you see kind of weakness in terms of communication at the top, it even, I, I probably would say, pushed guys like adjusted fields to react and do something to go even further to campaign for, you know, being able to play this season. And he did just that. I mean, he put together this petition to immediately reinstate the big 10 fall season. And he, I believe it has over 300,000 signatures at this point. Correct me if I'm wrong, but no, I believe that's correct. Yeah, I believe it's 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 up to a pretty uh, big amount. So I I guess that families of these players, the parents, are going to have a meeting with Kevin Warren up at the Big Ten headquarters on Friday. Is I what guess I read. So. Yeah. So I'm curious as to what the heck is going to go on in this meeting. I mean, what do you do as parents? How do you present this? What is Kevin Warren? Thing. I mean, what is he going to, how is he going to react? It'll be, uh, that's the deal is he's going to have like to a reality show for just this day. I, I wish, honestly, I wish <laughs> I could be a fly on the, you know, reality TV is my favorite too. Like if I oh, had it's, to pick, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Oh, by <laughs> the way, speaking of reality TV, I'm go sorry, ahead. I'm going to totally go off on a tangent right Let's now, Let's do it. but I just realized you're in real estate. Yes. And I love and listens. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, have you done, have you watched the Netflix? Oh, uh, Selling Sunset. Yep. Oh, fantastic. It was great. I mean, I just, the I'm on the second fantastic. Season. I mean, it's outstanding. Yeah. No, I'm okay. A fan. Sorry. I, I know no, I went off topic there. No, we had, had to. to. Yeah. What is, what is, what is it going to be like? Yeah, I mean, he's, he has to have some legitimate answers to these questions. And I think he's probably got to have his medical advisors there and, and share some of their information and, um, let the parents understand. And then he, I think he also has to address the question because the parents will ask it, well, what about a waiver? And the reality of the situation is, I think it would suffice for him to say, uh, regardless of your waiver situation, we feel like this is too much risk to put your your student athletes in. We feel like it's too much risk for us to take on even with a waiver. And so we're not going to move forward with it. Mm-hmm. I, I see this as a situation where Kevin Warren probably comes out still looking like the bad guy and parents come out even more pissed off than they were before. Uh, but we're not we're not getting to a remedy. And I keep saying this and people, again, they're going to be like, JP, you, you really don't like football. I love football to death. But we're having all these reactions right now. I'm just very curious to see, you know, late September, early October, where are we going to be at? Because yeah. are we going to still be in a situation where the Big Ten parents are the only ones pissed off? Or are they probably going to be sitting back, you know, in early October, like, OK, well, maybe, you know, we had a little bit of an overreaction. Now, the other aspect Kayla and I'll I'll be curious to see where you fall with this is now we get we get some of the illegal action we get lawyers involved Tom Mars who helped Justin Fields and plenty of other players 
um, get immediate eligibility waivers from the NCAA on transfers has jumped in on this and he's been vocal on name, image, and likeness and some of these other issues, but he has jumped in and, and made it known that he's willing to represent student athletes in a lawsuit uh, against the big 10. And I think that it's really interesting because you hear some of the top voices in uh, college football who are like, well, you know, I hear that they have a legitimate case in this, that, and the third. And I talked to some of my friends who are in law and they say the best course of action right now is probably an injunction um, that would allow them to go back to practice and really right. um, spend spend resources and waste time rather than an actual lawsuit that would get the season back started up. Um, the other thing that you hear is this loss of value in how some of these players might have a legitimate case for uh, loss of value um, in terms of their mm-hmm. draft stock and mm-hmm. being able to recoup that from the Big Ten. I guess my question then becomes, you know, if you have a player who had a sixth round grade last year, how are you able to underwrite their potential loss of value of how they could have risen if they would have played another year? Like, and, and all from, from people who have legitimate loss of value insurance, um, those rarely pay out because it's so hard to underwrite. And then even if you do have a catastrophic injury, it's so hard to prove that you actually lost the value from that injury uh, it, it, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent here, but just from a legal standpoint, um, do you think that applies any more pressure to the Big Ten to actually get out there and walk back uh, the decision that they made a couple weeks ago? That will only apply pressure if the other conferences do play this season. If the other conferences play, to me, you can do some things with some of these players that are in the Big Ten and Pac-12 who, especially those who have been vocal about playing and trying to do everything they can to play, I think that there's potential to have lawsuits if that happens. If if those other conferences don't play, then I don't see any type of lawsuits really happening. But think about it as a player who is in the Big Ten or Pac-12 and let's say the SEC and the Big 12 and the ACC go on to play this season. And they're able to lift their draft stock. They're able to have all eyes on them, more than probably regular, because they're going to be the games that everyone, are, that everyone is watching. For me, like I can see then why these guys right now are going the extra mile to try to do everything they can to play. Because Joshua, if I were a player right now, like Justin, and I were not able to play, I would be doing everything I could. That's just like my personality. Like why the heck am I not able to get this opportunity? And again, we we're, we're assuming that this is probably not going to happen. They're probably not going to play in the other conferences, but I'm just saying they don't know that they're going to do everything they can right now to be like, we need to play. Right. So that's my thoughts on it. I think that's a really interesting situation. How is it fair? How is it fair to sit? How is it going to be fair to those guys if, if these other conferences do in fact play this season? And, and I think that's, it's, it's not fair. Absolutely not fair. But I think then the question kind of has to shift to, you know, when, when you're considering medical data, you know, I, I can go to one doctor and they'll tell me like, oh, you know, you have an ailment, but it's fine and you just need to rest. I, I would go to another doctor and they say, your ailment needs an operation or you need medication for it. 
and so I think that also becomes a part of the equation is, you know, like, is there, I don't know if it makes any difference at the end of the day, but like, there are so many variables in here about, you know, who's giving the information, what their suggestions are. And then the people receiving the information, what are their personalities like? Are they more conservative? Are they more, get after it when it comes to evaluating this information? So it's, this is a hell of a sticky situation. I I don't envy, I don't envy any of these people who had to make the tough decisions. I don't either. I do not. Okay. Well, Sunday, they're actually going to have some relevance uh, other than, you know, there's other things that we do on Sundays. We go to church or we enjoy time with family. But when it comes to sports, we actually get to enjoy something on a Sunday. And that's because the NFL is uh, on its way back. So with NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can actually stream everything live out of market NFL games every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and Direct TV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and, of course, your favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. So use that pl- promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use that promo code BLUEWIRE. So the last thing that we're going to chat about is the guy down in the South that, yes, Alabama, that's Tuscaloosa. We're just talking about the place where they uh, don't know how to abide by any rules or have courtesy for anyone. (laughs) Um, So Alabama's head coach, Nick Saban, he's kind of questioning this whole spring football thing. Because if it does happen and they do decide to play in the spring, He's just kind of like, well, I'm not sure about this. And I think this is what a lot of us are thinking. He's asking the question, you know, will pro prospects even consider participating? Nope. We've talked about this. Um, He said, quote, I don't or I think one of the real consequences of this is if you are a junior or a senior and you have an NFL grade, are you going to play in the spring? Um, Or is that going to become sort of like a JV season with a lot of juniors and seniors opting out? Your thoughts? I said it before Saban did, 100%. I don't think that the spring matters at all for a lot of reasons. I said because it's a shortened season. I said because there's probably not a spring Heisman. I don't know if you'll do a spring All-American list. Like, I don't think anybody cares about a damn spring national championship. And the most obvious reason is roster management with the likes of Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and some of these other top players gone training for the NFL. This season is not going to matter. Spring sucks. It's a terrible idea. And I think if this fall becomes canceled across all of FBS football, we need to set our focus on fall of 2021 And I don't even care if you add two, three, four more games to the fall of 21. I truly don't. Yeah. But we should not do a spring season. Nope. It's no good. I 125% agree with you. I don't know why I picked that number. It just sounded really big. (laughs) But I think it's a joke to even be talking about it, to even be considering it. And with all... All the mess that we've been through and all the stuff that fans have been through in the past several months, why even try to get this thing going and just, you don't even know what's going to happen in the spring at this point either. Even with this 
COVID-19 thing, right? I mean, we know that they're going to have vaccines probably at this point. We don't know if everyone's going to have it. We don't know who's going to have it at what point. And, you know, I think there's still going to be a lot of not normal things going on at that point. It'll be better, but it's not going to be normal. And I know the NFL came out and said what the NFL just, you know, wants to control the narrative and be all, we look good. And I think they, they said the other day, well, we're going to be willing to work with college football if they decide to play in the spring and shuffle around some of our dates. The heck you are. Yeah. It's, come it'll, on. I'll, I'll like, say this. If you, if you have a critical number of, of top players who decide that they're just not even going to give the spring thing a try, then yeah. the NFL is going to accommodate only as much as they need to. Exactly. And what we mean by that is they're going to go ahead and Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence and some of these other guys are, are already going to be drafted and they're going to be in OTAs yep. training with their teams. And yep. then the NFL might circle back later on and try to scoop up the rest of them. But it, they're not stopping the show. No. Just because. Because somebody wants to go out there and play a little intramural ball during the spring. It ain't happening. Yeah. And I'm sorry, there's too many of these guys, high drift draft picks, low draft picks, guys that might be free agents. Anybody who wants to take it to the next level is not going to go out there and risk getting hurt Mm-mm. and having no time to recuperate before getting drafted. Hello? What do you think? These guys are stupid? Come on. Uh, it's interesting. So, uh, let me hit you with the text real quick. Okay. I just, I, I wanted to follow up with a, an actual quote from, um, my personal attorney. Actually, I worked with him when I was playing ball. He's a sports and entertainment guy. And I still, obviously, since I'm in entertainment and do some other oh, yeah. business stuff on the side, I work with him. Fantastic. Yeah. You guy. gotta have some, somebody. And he, I asked him this talk of lawsuits regarding loss of value for players with canceled seasons. Would any of them have a legit case? And he said, highly likely that they would not have a winnable case. Now, anyone in this country can file a lawsuit where they can actually win is another story. Given the pandemic, schools have the ability to provide the defense of managing public health concerns. Further, if a player tried suing the school, the school doesn't have a requirement to let athletes play their sport. Their requirement is to provide the scholarship in line with the contract with the athlete. As long as a school who has canceled a season doesn't cancel a scholarship, there isn't much else the player can go after. Yeah, that and is I, get, I the, get that. You know, and, and, and so are, like these aren't pros. That's what it comes down to, right? And that's I mean, what it comes down to. And that's what it comes down to. I think a lot of the lawsuit talk is really to apply pressure and it's the court of public opinion that you're trying to win a lot of times. But um for for folks who are like hell bent that these lawsuits might actually change the outcomes, I think they might make us hate the Big Ten a little bit more, but it's not gonna make Commissioner Warren actually change his no. Uh, well, I'm I'm excited to see what comes out of that meeting. I don't know how much we'll be able to actually get or what's going to be made, you know, public to us, but it, it should be interesting. And you know what? I give Justin Fields a, a round of applause for doing this. It shows a lot of leadership. It shows passion. And I don't fault him for going and trying to do something um, because that's how much he wants to play. I respect that. 100%. Every, every NFL team is going to be looking at Justin yep. Fields and say, yep. this guy's a natural-born leader yep. who gives a damn about playing football. Absolutely. And if nothing else happens out of this situation, his draft stock will have increased. Imagine that uh, without him absolutely. playing in a damn game. So good you, for Justin Fields. I appreciate I was just, that. Yep, I was just going to say, that draft stock will rise, uh, and he might not have played a game this season. So uh, 
I think it's a good thing what he did, no matter what the outcome is. Well, that does it for this episode of Press Pass. That was fun. A lot of good stuff to get to. And week by week, it's just, I know it's the same sort of subjects or topics that we're talking about, but it's different every week. I mean, that's the craziness of what's happening right now. It's just, there's so much that comes out on a weekly basis. Um, and you can always come to us because we'll have the latest. We always appreciate you guys. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Press Pass Podcast and click that subscribe button. Give us a rate and review. Follow Joshua on his platforms. He has been, he, you're, you've been back at it on the Twitter sphere lately. You Had said you to. took a little break for a second, but you're back. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been busy on the, on the Twitters. You know, it, yeah. so. <laughs> Where can they follow you, my friend? They can follow me at RIP underscore JEP on Twitter and Instagram. Um, just wanted to let the listeners know also that Kayla texted me during this show and said that next week she is going to bring her cocktail of choice. Um, so Yo! I'll be curious to see what that is. Okay. It's on. That's right. Um, I I will try to get something good for that one. I've Love got it. a couple choices I'm thinking about right now already. So, okay. I'm on it. Uh, maybe you guys can can grab your cocktail next week when you join us or this week when you listen to it on any given day uh we appreciate you guys chiming in always if you have any questions let us know on our social media platforms uh you can find me at kayla anderson tv on twitter and instagram and uh instagram for our press pass pod that's what it is at press pass pod and we weekly go ahead and tell you when our episodes come out on there so we appreciate you guys listening our loyal listeners and we'll see you, you'll hear from us next week, and I will have my cocktail ready. That's a promise. Sports are back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is in action. There's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And now with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down former pro athletes Eddie George, Harold Reynolds. Uh, see what they have to say on what it'll be like playing without any fans. It's a series that they're actually calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use that pro- promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That is promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online waging experts. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.